The following podcast is part of the Club Kayfabe Creative Community. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch at CKCC Online for more great content just like this. Welcome to episode 39 of the J Bunny's Music Hub podcast. I'm your host, J Bunny. Or for those of you that are Ellis fam, you might know me as Backseat Buttfuck. That's right, everybody. On this episode, I've got Jason Ellis and Michael Tully from the Jason Ellis Show, and also from the bands Taint Stick, Death Death Die, and Horse Force. It's really, really awesome to have these guys on the show, something that I've been hoping to do for a while and wasn't quite sure if it would work out, but... Ellis had mentioned on the air once that he's open to doing any podcast, so I gave it a I gave it a go. Uh, I had a good time talking to them. I hope you guys have a good time listening to them. Without further ado, here's Jason Ellis and Michael Tully. What's up, everybody? It's Jay Bunny. Uh, I am not at any sort of concert venue today. I'm on the internet, and joining me today, uh, former professional skateboarder, occasional fighter and racer, and the host of the Jason Ellis Show on Faction Talk, Sirius XM Channel 103. Also co-host of the High and Dry podcast, Jason Ellis, and oh, also <laughs> also author, co-host of the Jason Ellis Show, and host of the Tully Show on Faction Talk, Michael Tully. Uh, good day. <laughs> <laughs> As I mentioned to you guys when I reached out to you on uh, on Instagram, this podcast is mostly about bands and music and stuff. Uh, we're going to talk a bit later about. So why am I here then? <laughs> We're going to talk a bit later about the book, but you guys had you guys had a, a band that you were in for, for a few years. It started out by the name of Taint Stick. And I know that the origins of the band stem from stuff that happened on the Jason Ellis show, but I wasn't always able to listen all of the time. So I was wondering if you guys could tell me a bit about how you guys got that band together. Well, it, originally it was called Tony Hawk's Taint Stick. And then uh, we changed the name because people started to talk about it on the radio and Tony's manager was like, we sell stuff in Target and your songs are pretty out there. So maybe take the Tony Hawk off the name. So we did. And then we became Taint Stick. And the original plan was because I was a DJ and I had to talk about bands that I personally didn't think were that great. So I said sarcastically that I could make a song better than half these assholes that have record deals. And then it just so happened that Tully can, is an actual musician. And I was more of a wannabe one before I moved to the States to be a skateboarder. So, And then another person that worked on the same channel as a DJ was a drummer and a musician that had his own recording stuff in his house. And he knew some people. And then we made it. I think we made the, the first one was just an intro to the show. And I think the next one... I don't know which one. I think it was apple juice, but whichever one it was, the, my boss's boss was against it and said, don't play that shit on your show unless it's going to be at least make it relevant. I don't even know what the, the fuck that meant. But what so, that, wait, I, I can help you there. What that what that means is like radio doesn't want you to make original songs, but like the accepted way of doing funny songs if you're a radio show is to do parodies. So if we oh, okay. if we'd wanted to record "Oops, I Farted Again," 
that would have been fine because radio shows do that. What they couldn't wrap their head around was things that would be funny that weren't a play on songs people already knew. Right. So we made the next song and we just had lyrics that were in the news. So that was my excuse for relevancy. And then by the second song, everybody who listened to the show thought it was so good that no, no bosses tried to stop me anymore. And we just, every now and then we played a couple of songs and then we thought, hey, what if we played live? And then there was a guy that came in that had a manager, a musician, and the manager asked us if we wanted a record deal. Stupid. That's, that's, that's nuts. Like I was going to... So, we, was so gonna... we took it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... You said that you got you you dropped you, you, the original band name was Tony Hawk's Taint Stick, and you were asked to drop off the Tony Hawk part. How did you guys come up with the name? Was it just because it was something silly, or it was on the radio? Everything's on the radio. It's an accident. Somebody said Taint Stick, and we started laughing. Tony Hawk's Taint Stick sounded hilarious. I think I don't know who did it, but that's like half the lyrics in the songs. It's the whole show. It's everything. That's all. We just say shit all day on the radio, and then. We go, that one was funny. Turn that into a song or, you know, make that a, let's make that a bit next week. It's, that's, right. that's our job is to make right, up right. weird shit all day. So you mentioned that, you know, somebody else that had worked on the channel wound up becoming the drummer. Now, uh, another uh, person that was in the band and had been on your show at the time, uh, Josh Richmond, a.k.a. Raw Dog. Yeah. I, seem to, I seem to recall that when you guys first came up with the idea of the band, I believe that he was supposed to be the bass player, but was unable to play bass. Yeah, that's uh, true. He held a he held a bass in some music videos and he did it really well in my opinion anyway. So, who wound up playing the uh, the bass for you guys full time in the band? I know that uh What was his last name, Telly? It was Matt, right? Did he play I guess he played on the first album too. His name is Matt Depani and he's in a band called The Mowgli's. Okay. All right, cuz I know that you guys what was funny was when I was, you know, I I know a bit about the band because i'm a fan of the show you know you guys know i've, I've called in a bunch and stuff and and I'll i catch remember you yeah yeah and so and i <laughs> listen a lot more now although i'm usually about a month behind on demand but uh when i was just doing the research to make sure i had my facts right for the question some of the bios out there online about taint stick are really far off base like there was one that i read that said that uh the band was started by jason and benji madden <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I, I can I, that's that's stupid, but I can see where it came from. I know, me too. Yeah, Benji was in the mix, and obviously, any anything he that, was the bass player for a little bit. Yeah, and obviously, it's more fun to say Benji Madden than to say you know Mike Tully or Josh Richmond. So I, I can see how people took that and ran with it. Yeah, that's fair. So Jason, you had already mentioned about how you guys got signed and everything. At some point after the. You know, you guys got signed and you released the Six Pound to Sound record. Uh, you guys changed the band name to Death, Death, Die. I was just wondering what inspired the change. Uh, I think originally we thought it was funny, right? We said we broke up for you know, like musical differences or something and then started a new band with everybody who was in it was the same people. Yeah, exactly. I think we made a big point out of saying that it was a completely different project when, it, and, uh, you know, obviously it was the exact same stupid shit. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. And, and, then so and we didn't want to have a record label anymore because we didn't go on the road. We only played live like three times a year, if it's that. And we realized that <clears throat> this record label actually was making some money out of it because we were really, you know, the show's big. We were selling, we were selling albums. So I think it was more Tully's idea than mine. He was like, we could just do this ourselves. 
So we did, and <coughs> we're actually at one point. Well, kind of, as far as I'm concerned, we're making really good money out of it. It's a good deal. Yeah. We're a really weird band. Like, you know, I, I don't have any problem with our with our record label. I'm still friendly with the guy who, who ran it. But most bands need help getting the word out. I seriously don't think maybe one stone guy walk into a, walked into some Best Buy somewhere and was like, holy shit, what's Taint Stick? I'm buying this. But 98% of people bought it because they listened to the radio show. So we signed the record deal because it was hilarious to sign the record deal. But if you're actually selling records, we didn't need a record label. So I think we also just wanted to make sure I don't know if the label maybe had like a, you know, some some contractual interest in doing another album. So we just made it a different band, and nobody cared. No, nobody tried to stop us, right? Yeah, nobody. Yeah, no harm. It was done. Okay, that's fair. And then and then for the two albums that you guys put out as Death Death Die, Ninja Flying Eagles and Big Fucking Megaboat, the movie, the soundtrack, you guys include you had. <laughs> You guys had those little independent films that you made included with those albums when when people bought them. Yeah, how many bands throw yeah. in a movie with their album? That's right. Creative so, juices, baby. They're flowing on us. So as far as the band goes, the band split up in 2014. You guys played your last show in New York City. After after scheduling it, you dubbed the event Ellis Mania 9.5, which was the only Ellis Mania event I was ever able to attend. Um, and and at that show, the band performed under the name Horse Force. I was just wondering why you changed the name for that show. Um, I would say off the top of my head that I made that up on the radio and thought that it was so good that we would change our name to that band because we were, I was getting bored again. I, re, I think at that point, the New York gig, I pretty much knew we weren't going to be playing again. Right. It wasn't very, I, I recall that one not to be that much fun. Yeah, it was definitely it, it had sort of run its course. We we it was it was horse force because we were talking about doing a fourth album, and we did put a tiny little bit of work into making another That's album. Right. If we'd made another album, it would it would, we would the name would have changed again, and it would have been horse force. Okay. So we didn't change it for the gig. We had changed it, but that was just sort of the end of the road. Oh, okay. All right, because I remember I had actually called in to the radio show around that time to find out what was up with, with the name changes. And I don't know who was the call screener or the producer, whoever answered the phone at that point in time. The way that they explained it, which I don't know how accurate this is, you guys can, can let me know, uh, was they had said that Taint Stick was the original lineup of the band. And then, Tully, there was a point in time where you had left the radio show and you had left the band uh, by right. extension for a little bit. And so their explanation was, you know, Death, Death, Die was was because Tully left. And then Horse Force was because Josh left. Nope. No, that's not. Even when I was, I was not there when, like, I, I kind of got the word to the grapevine and call it Death, Death, Die now. And it's a cool name. Like, I, I, I thought that was awesome. I wasn't, like, there when the name was made up. Again, that was on the radio and I wasn't on the radio. But I was, man, I was licking stamps on sending out those records. I was definitely still involved when I wasn't on the radio show. Okay. Yep. Yeah, like I said, I didn't think that that was accurate, but that was the explanation that someone that worked on the show told me. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that, Jason, you might have already addressed this earlier when I was asking about the bass player, but at that last show, there was a guy that I didn't recognize. Now, you guys had said that he was from another band. You're talking about the guitarist with the helmet on, aren't you? Well, there was, there was, I feel like there was a couple, there was one guy, Chad and again, Reed. you... You know me from from calling into the show. There was one guy on stage there that I that I thought was kind of the bass player. I thought he was. He was kind of attractive, but I don't know who he was. What? 
I don't know. I remember. I remember at the time thinking that somebody that was pl- in any event, it's it's neither here nor there. I, the quite the, the 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 meat and potatoes of the question is, I guess, who was in this band? Who was in the band by the end? It was it was you and Tully and and Christian. Right. Who else played that last show? Okay. Well, Josh was at the last show because I remember buying him a shitty Casio like one hundred dollar keyboard to play. It's still in my basement, and um, the issue I. Think, was I don't know if the if the Mowgli's boring by then, but they um, I think it was just an issue of do we fly the band out and incur all that expense, or did Christian know musicians in New York who could fill in? If we had a different bass player, it, it would have just been because of that. Matt Matt was awesome, and so was was Mikey Chad Reed. It would have just been about moving forward. Same thing, uh, Lisa Donnelly, who used to perform with us a lot and do the female lead vocals, also was in L.A. And Christian knew someone in in New York, and so we had a different singer there too. But that then Lisa was out either. Okay, all right, and and then just you know, sort of the last thing about about the band specifically is I've heard it come up just because Jason, like you said, everything just sort of happens on the show, and I've heard it you kick around the idea of of either bringing back another version of the band or starting a whole new band. Where do you guys stand on the possibility of that right now? We are making another band. We just oh, started. Cool. We yeah. Got, I don't know uh, if we're going to be able to, we're going to, you know, baby steps. We're going to do a couple songs and see where it goes, but yeah, we are, we are actually trying to figure out the logistics on doing some new stuff because we have, you know, it's amazing. It's, it's, uh, the comedy gods really do bless this show with so many people walk in the door and, and slowly but surely reveal all these multitudes of layers you wouldn't have guessed. In this case, you know, we, it's, we, you know, there's hate bean on the show now and there's cool beans on the show and everybody loves that. And those guys were not in the mix on the band. So there's all this new musical vocal talent that we can take advantage of that we didn't have even when we were making three albums. Okay. All right. Yeah. I I would love if I could to, to also try and, do one of these with Will and just talk about Haping. I think that'd be pretty awesome. Um, yeah, he's, a, he's good, man, by himself. Yeah, I, I got. I have yet to get the the uh, the Haping album, but I really do want to get that. I did get. I picked hey, he'd up. Appre- he'd appreciate it. I know that. Yeah. Well, I know. I you know I bought you know Taint Stick at. Funny enough, Tully mentioned Best Buy. I bought it at Best Buy when it came out, and then I didn't get around to getting the Death That Die stuff. And actually, Tully, uh, you emailed it to me a couple months ago. Oh, you got that little fun pack I put together? Yeah, yeah. Now I have all of that stuff. And I actually also had downloaded that uh, that Jennifer Lopez cover that you guys did. And actually, I didn't have that written down. Oh, but shit. how did you guys come about doing that? Uh, I think I really liked that song for a little bit to the point where I was might have been singing along on the radio. Tully, is that how that came about? Yeah, you know, with you, I can never... I, well, I'm not even sure if you totally know. Like, the line between... I, I'm saying I like this because it's funny to say that you like it and who would like this, but at the same time, it is really catchy. So yeah, you sang along with it. And I think it just like everything else with the band. Okay. I always remember David Letterman, if I can sound pretentious, David Letterman said that he loved Beavis and Butthead because every time they had two stupid choices, two options to make a choice, they did like the stupidest thing possible. They would do something even stupider than the stupidest thing you could think of. And that's kind of the same way I thought of our band. It made no sense for our band to just do a straight up cover of Waiting for Tonight by Jennifer Lopez and to take it seriously. And that's what made it funny to me. Yeah. Or, or SpongeBob SquarePants. Exactly. It's just, it's, it's the stupidest thing we could possibly think of doing. We wrote those songs in like as little time as you can possibly write a song. Because I, I sang SpongeBob SquarePants with all my heart every time. Right. 
<laughs> I don't know that I ever heard that one, but uh, I um, actually had that the the Jennifer Lopez cover. I I have a playlist that I play every year at my kid's birthday party. And one of my friends was like, is this a metal cover of Jennifer Lopez? I was like, yeah. He's like, it's really good. What's that band? So I, I told him where to get it because I think it's still <laughs> online. So you guys have been both, you know, the, the band has been both signed and independent. Which approach do you prefer to being in a band, being on a label or, or doing it the independent route? And if, <clears throat> if I was in a real band <clears throat> and I was going on tour and stuff, I don't know the, the, the technicalities of all of it. I would want help. I wouldn't want to do it all myself. There's a guy that like has had help on running Ellis Mania and then done it with my wife and I. It's it's harder. <laughs> if I could live that rock and roll life and I could have a bunch of people organize my shit and I can play a bunch of gigs every weekend, sure, I'll do that. But I think what we were doing, I think it's pretty obvious that doing it by ourselves is the better choice. Yeah, when we did the first one, you know, I still have the, you know, we were on the Billboard chart, and they they give you this big printout with your album cover, and it's a you know super official looking thing. It's cool to have that once, but once you get it once, I didn't really need a second one, so I'm I'm happy being on that. You know? Okay, that's that's fair. So this is this question is sort of the signature question of the show. I ask it of everybody that's ever been on the show. Um, and being that you guys are also in radio, you might have a, a unique uh, outlook on this. Uh, and the question is, how do you feel about the current state of where the music industry is, where it seems like fans don't really, nobody buys music anymore. Everybody would rather just either do the illegal downloading thing or subscribe to Spotify and seem to have this idea that they don't need to buy the music because bands make all their money on the road playing concerts anyway. I thought it was the other way around. I thought everybody had to go on the road because nobody bought their albums anymore that's fair that's 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 one way you know that's i i'm i'm not one that subscribed you know forced into this you know yeah yeah i mean i i personally uh still buy music in order to make sure that you know whatever whatever little bit might get out of it you know i think it sucks that real bands have to do that i feel like you made an album a bunch of people liked it you should get all the money i i don't I don't like how that's happened, but I, I see that there's no real solution to it. But I feel sorry for all those artists. You know, you created something that was, you know, you gave, you put your whole life into it, and now you, you don't get any money from it. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it, you know, unfortunately, the only thing that's left to make people buy music is the honor system, and that's not a model, you know. So music's in the exact place that porn is in, where they're just yeah. vic- they're victims of technology. You know, right. if, if they could figure out a way to make to let you illegally download Big Macs, then McDonald's would go out of business, too. But they haven't figured that out yet. Music and porn are just the first two that that suffer. I do feel like the silver lining is I feel like people go see a lot more live music nowadays than they used to. There's fucking festivals all the time. And, you know, yeah. Panic the Disco plays arenas now. So at least the silver lining is what if nobody bought music and nobody was willing to leave the house to go see concerts? I mean, <coughs> Bands would just give up, but that's, it's still no, you know, they should still get paid for their music, obviously, but it ain't going to happen. Right. Now, in addition to being radio hosts and musicians, you're also New York Times bestselling authors for Jason's first biography, I'm Awesome, One Man's Triumphant Quest to Become the Sweetest Dude Ever. Uh, Last week, you guys released the follow-up, Still Awesome, The Trials and Tribulations of an Egotistical Maniac. As with everything else, this has been touched on throughout the Ellis Show, but what made you guys decide to write another book? Well, I think the first book... And the radio show is me trying to, I, I have an interesting story and I'm very open about it. 
And in the first book, there was a piece that I, I hadn't really analyzed. I really wasn't trying to face any of that, but there was a piece that I'd left out, you know, and once I sort of figured it out in the last 10 years where I've really come to terms with who I am and, and realized that there's a lot of people out there hiding, I, I kind of was, it was a, it was a mixed build. Like I was like, I should do another book. We both talked about it. But then I was like, I don't know if I want to talk about the bias stuff, but I don't think that it's worth doing of another book unless I do. So as the book was getting made, I feel like even by the end of it, the, like my angle on what the book the reasoning for it is more like the it's more apparent to me what it what i'm trying to do just i'm just trying to uh it helped me to get it out there and i feel like a lot of people that might think they're alone with this kind of thing and don't want to admit it might read the book and change their mind so just trying to help people it would be cool if it sold a lot of books too that'd be handy but want to help some people being that it's another biography what what period of time does this book cover from the end of the last book to now. Okay. Yeah, I love that gimmick that they do in movies a lot, you know, where you, you pick up, like John Wick, I think, does that. You pick up the exact second the last one picked up. And in this case, I kind of knew from the beginning that I, I thought the ending was going to be different. It took, us, it took us so much time to make it that I have two extra chapters on the end that hadn't happened yet when we started. But I just really, really, I, I you know, it's kind of like just from the work point of view, like, how are you going to get into this? How are you going to frame the story? I always kind of knew that for the story that we were telling, there's lots of themes that could really be introduced by starting, like, at the exact second the, the first one ended. Okay. Now, just like the last two albums that you guys released, the book is being released independently and can only be purchased from the website jasonellisbook.com. Again, what made you guys decide with, with the book to go independent? Totally. Yeah, to, to me, it was the math is is really, really simple. You know, we did a we did an album with a label. And like I said, no disrespect to the label, but we're in a really, really unique situation where we get to talk to our fan base directly for 15 hours a week. So we did it and the label for what they take out of it didn't really contribute you know, uh, to, to the sales the way they would with the usual band. And so we self-released albums and it was successful and it turned out we didn't need the label at all. So we had done two books with a big publisher, same deal, no disrespect. I have nothing but good things to say about Harper Collins, but I don't think they sold an extra copy of the book. It was just selling it to people who, you know, followed us on social media and listened to the radio show. So it's like, this is the death, death book. That's all it is. Okay. Now with that first book, you guys did a tour. And like I said, I met you guys at the book tour and you didn't do one for the second book. I actually held off on buying it, hoping that you would do one and you, and you didn't. With this book, do you anticipate doing a tour at some point or are you just going to keep it just only on the website? No, I'm going to do a bunch of tours. It's not going to be one tour either. It's going to, it's not going to be the book came out December 10th and I'm going to do a couple of appearances and it's over. I'm just going to keep going. We're going to copy Jude's, Jude's model and I'm going to, I've already, I've got a stunt that I'm going to ride a pink girl's bike through walls of fire. That'll be a book signing. I'm going to, I got a lot of stunts planned and a lot of different Sirius XM is up as behind us a hundred percent. And they said, if we want to do book signing in different States that we could do radio shows at different places. So I plan on uh, doing a lot of, of uh, book signings for this book. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited about it. You know, it, the, the first hurdle for us to get over, obviously, is finishing the book and getting them printed and getting them shipping out. And 
the timing just so happened that that's that happened right at the end of the year so that's kind of where we leave it as we break for the holidays but when we come back like i want to go back to to canada for sure and do a bunch of book signings up there okay new york i was gonna say ho- i hope that that brings you guys back out this way soon because i haven't uh you know since what the the the, the horse force show ellis mania 9.5 i think that was the last time that i saw you guys in person uh, like, like I said, I don't usually make it to any of the other Ellis Mania things as much as I would like to. Um, it's just going to be somewhere in the East Coast that wants to have us, and then it's a done deal. It's not the Stone Show didn't have a spot for me at the, at the end of this year, so that's usually a good reason to go to New York. But maybe next year they'll have me on, or or there'll be something that's serious they'll have us. But I, I'm sooner or later we'll be we'll be back over there. All right. So uh, other than other than that, what uh, do you what's next for you guys? You know, with the both the radio shows, the podcast, Ellis Mania, Tully being an author, like what do you guys have on the horizon? Well, I'm Ellis Mania 2020 is I'm trying to organize that at the new Hard Rock, which will be Virgin, mm-hmm. and I'm talking to them, and they're behind schedule, which means Virgin might be ready to go by the very end of 2020 and if that's the case then Alice Mania will be there so I'm just in talks with them and if it isn't then I've got to find another place to do it because we're doing one in 2020 so I, that's that's my uh, side project that I you know I always have to stay on top of otherwise it'll turn to shit have you considered I think I mentioned might have mentioned this to you on social media at some point but if that doesn't work out they did open a new hard rock in Atlantic City have you considered I know that that's sort of far. You guys usually do the Ellis Mania stuff on the West Coast, but... Uh, I'm, I have no problem with that. It's just... it's The Hard Rock is not a chain. Like, the Hard Rock there is not the owner of the Hard Rock in Vegas. Okay. If I And, and if they don't know the event, you know as well as I do, it's a weird event. It doesn't make any sense. If you, it's not... It's pretty difficult for somebody to explain to somebody else what it is. So... It's also pretty difficult to explain to the Hard Rock, hey, man, if you have these weird dudes dressed up and blindfolded punching each other in the face, you'll sell the place out. It's, they're like, really? So I just, it's, it's harder than you think. Yeah, no, that's fair. I, I, would, I would love to be a fly on the wall to watch you negotiate and then figure out the logistics with a bunch of Atlantic City, New Jersey, like union guys. But oh. I, I don't necessarily care to be in the middle of that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, at at some point, I you know I hope to be able to go to another one of these events. But uh, Tully, what about you? What what do you have coming up? Uh, well, you know I've been doing stand up for a few years. And, uh, I've kind of let that uh, slip a little bit, just getting the book out. So I'm definitely looking forward to getting back into that in the new year. And then I think I might um, try to bring back that kind of cocktail mixing that Tom Cruise did in Cocktail. <laughs> All right. <Nice. laughs> yeah. I got big plans. All right. Well, I I want to I want to thank you guys so much for for taking time to be on the show. You know, I uh, I'll let you know once it's out and ready, edited and ready to go. And uh, you know, in the meantime, I'll be I'll be uh, you know listening to your shows. You know, as, as I said, unfortunately, about a month behind. But uh, you know, thankfully, you know, a little, little plug for, more for you. Yeah, Sirius like XM on demand. We'll give a little plug to that. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that thing runs like a Swiss watch. all right well thanks a lot guys have a good day thanks dude have a good one
From the album Six Pounds of Sound, that was Taint Stick with Monkeys of War. I want to thank Jason Ellis and Michael Tully for being on the show. I've been a fan of the Jason Ellis show on Sirius XM for a really long time. 
probably since uh, 2007-ish, I'm going to guess. Uh, you know, it's been a while, so it was great to talk to those guys. Um, normally I would say follow them here or there on social media, but I don't know that any of the band pages. I did see that there is a Death Death Die Twitter that is still active, but I don't know if they're using any of that anymore. Uh, but you can follow Jason Ellis on Twitter at EllisMate, on Instagram at WolfMate. Uh, he has a Facebook page, but I know that he doesn't really use it. You can follow Tully on Twitter at Tully and on Instagram at Tullywood. Uh, you can also follow the J Bunny's Music Hub podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Still have a Patreon that is not doing anything at the moment, but please send me money. <laughs> if you believe in supporting music the way I do by buying it, then you can follow Industry Embers on Facebook and Twitter and post or tweet your music purchases with the hashtag BuyMusic, B-U-Y, or it's BuyMusic, B-Y-E. Um, now, like I had said to you guys in the last episode, I wasn't sure. I wasn't expecting actually to do this episode. Uh, I thought we were going to be doing roundtables for November and December. Uh, November wound up being nothing, and December I wound up doing this. But there is nothing planned for the new year as of yet. So if anybody has any roundtable ideas or would like to be a participant, please reach out to me on social media. Let me know uh, what your idea is that you want to participate in, and uh, we'll try and get it together. I uh, will keep reaching out, sending emails and whatnot to try and get more artist interviews. But in the meantime, I would love to do more roundtables. We've only done two so far, and I'm hoping to do some more. I definitely, the only one that I definitely am sure of when I want to do it and whatnot is I would like to do another edition of Music in Wrestling around WrestleMania time and get a different panel of guests than the one we had last year. All the other ideas I've come up with are on the J Bunny's Music Hub Facebook group, so uh, go ahead and join the group and check that out. I'm going to leave you guys today with two songs instead of one, um, and the reason for that is real simple. I asked Ellis and Tully what songs they wanted to use on the show, and they said Monkeys of War and Go Fuck Yourself, which is going to be the first song that I play here coming out of the show, but... There's another, and that's a song from the first Death, Death, Die album, Ninja Flying Eagles. Now, there's another Death, Death, Die song that I could not leave out of the show, and the reason for that is simple. Um, as you heard in the show, uh, the only time I ever met Ellis and Tully was when they did the book signing in New Jersey for Ellis's first book, I'm Awesome. And when I explained to him who I was, being that he knew me as Backseat Buttfuck, uh, he signed the book to me, to my real name, but inscribed it as A is for anal. So I can't leave that song out of the show. So I'm going to play you guys Go Fuck Yourself, and it's going to be followed immediately by A is for Anal, which was from the special edition re-release of Death, Death, Eyes, Ninja Flying Eagles. I hope you enjoy it. Until next year, everybody. Looking for the right lady on the wrong side of one too many. If you know what I mean, mates. We've all done it. You hit rock bottom and the next thing you know, she's lying there next to you. Sometimes it's good, most times it's bad. 
and the smells and a stranger's face as you pull back the covers and reveal the disgrace of a journey you took just below the waist and you realize that you got a case of the morning afters and an awful taste so you start to mumble cause you're feeling crazed lord i'll do anything if you would just and the coke and the pot marijuana Cause all I remember is don't drink a bottle And a face like an ape that I fed up Granada, she says I'm fed about us being drunk and a vana Say hello to We Outspoken One.